Today's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. Get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter our code LASTS. Today's show is also brought to you by Policy Genius. This October, take the scariness out of buying life insurance with Policy Genius. Just go to PolicyGenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week. Real life which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. All right, guys, this is a big treat. I've been holding this one in for a while, and I am so excited. Some of you guys have already seen this, and maybe know if you're good internet detectives, but me and my good friend, John Mark Comer, Bible teacher, pastor, author in Portland, Oregon, joined forces, and we created a podcast, the Fight, Hustle, and Hurry podcast. Now, why? I have a book called To Hell with the Hustle coming out in October. It might be out now, depending on when you're listening to this. And he has an incredible book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, It's an incredible book. I absolutely loved it, but there's a lot of overlap and crossover. We think about the same things, read similar things. And so we decided, hey, let's make an entire season of episodes throughout the fall of 2019 where we dig deeper, we talk about these concepts, and we talk about how we resist hustle and hurry in today's culture as we follow Jesus in our daily lives. So the treat today is you get a preview. Here is episode one. Here is me and John Mark Comer. And if you like it, make sure at the end, hop over and search either our names. You can just search Comer or Bethke, or you can search Fight Hustle and Hurry. Subscribe to that podcast and you will get some good stuff every single week for the next couple months. All right, enjoy. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Fight Hustle and Hurry podcast. Here we talk about the cultural pervasiveness and problem of hustle and hurry and how as followers of Jesus, we can resist them in our daily lives. My name is Jeff Bethke, an author living in Maui, Hawaii, and I'm joined by John Mark Comer, a pastor and teacher at Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to season one. What's up, guys? Jeff Bethke here. This is a special treat for me because this is a project I've been wanting to do for a while, and I'm excited for how it came about. We have John Mark Comer on the other side coming in from Portland, Oregon. I'm over in Maui, Hawaii, and we are so excited. If you're tuning in, this is the Fight, Hustle, and Hurry podcast where we want to do exactly that. We titled it that because we want to equip and encourage you to do that exact thing. We think hustle and hurry are one of the two or two of the most detrimental things to our spiritual walk following Jesus in the West in the 21st century today. So me and John Mark said, hey, we've written books on this. We're putting books out on this. But what would it look like to have a conversation over 11 weeks, 12 weeks over the entire fall of 2019, where we dig a little deeper, where we talk about some different things. And I know for me, I'm excited because I'm going to talk about all the stuff that got cut from my book, because as you know, too, there's stuff that gets in there that the publisher says, eh, no, we said, hey, I want to talk about it. So we'll put it in the podcast. Um, 
But I'm so, so, so excited. And I'm going to ask John Mark a question here in a second, just because we want to get going. We don't want these to be laborious or long by any means. We want them to be focused and centered. But just to um, tell a quick anecdote, and I've talked to John Mark about this before, and I put it in the book. It's this famous little story anecdote from David uh, Foster Wallace, where he basically tells this story at a commencement speech he gave, I think in like 2004, 2005. um, And I don't even think it was from him. At some level, it's probably uh, an unoriginal idea, one of those uh, proverb almost at some level. And what he does, he talks about these two fish, three fish, actually. There's these two young fish. They're swimming along, right? And then they come across this old fish. And this old fish says, hey, how's the water today, guys? And then the two kids, the two young fish say, what the hell is water, right? Uh, when they when they leave the old man, because they're like, I don't know what he was talking about. Um, and it's a joke, right? And we like to say, it should be what the heck is water if you're a good Christian. But it's a quote, so we can get away with it. And I think why I love that little anecdote is and why I want to start there is because hustle and hurry are that water. Hustle and hurry are that water. And I think a lot of us are more the young fish, completely oblivious and unaware to the water we're swimming in and how that's actually affecting us. And so that's going to be episode one today is hurry. The first one, the, 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 the problem, the symptoms, what is it, what's going on? And this podcast is coming out of a fact that me and John Mark, um, both texted each other probably uh, summer of 2019 and said, hey, I got a book coming out. He said, hey, I have a book coming out. Hey, do you want to read it? Can you endorse it? We both asked each other the same questions. And then uh, we sent each other the titles. And mine was To Hell With The Hustle. And his was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, and what was funny is we just kind of looked at each other and laughed. And we both both also picked red book covers. So they're almost like twin books at some level. Um And we realized like, oh man, there's some synergy here. There's some like-mindedness here. We both are feeling the same pull, the same call, the same problem, and we want to talk about it. And so then we said, oh, a podcast would be perfect to continue this conversation um, as we talk about this. So John Mark, you you go ahead and I want to hear you start because I think that's the best place to start is the ruthless elimination of hurry. Beautiful title, um, beautiful way of life that I think we need to chase after. But where'd that quote come from? Um, And maybe give a little background too on your story with hurry and why that's so important and where that kind of got us to this moment. Yeah, that quote is not original to me. There's a backstory to it. So, you know, it's always tricky to nail down the exact fork in the road moment that, you know, marked the beginning of a tectonic shift in your life or a major change. I think for me, if I had to name it, a few years ago, I was eating lunch with John Ortberg, who's a hero mm. of mine. If you don't know Ortberg, he's a pastor, teacher, writer of the way of Jesus um, at a church in the Bay Area. And I would not call him a mentor. He is out of my league for that and would likely <laughs> shy away from that um, moniker. But whenever I'm in the Bay Area, you know, once or twice a year, we sit down for lunch and he most of the time is gracious enough to sit down with me. And I come with a list of questions and he is like the guru, sage, Yoda of the kingdom of God in my mind. And the first time we sat down for lunch, um, I was aware that John was mentored himself for like, I think 20 plus years by the philosopher Dallas Willard. And if you're not familiar with Dallas Willard, first off, you're welcome. Um, If nothing else, that's worth a podcast. Hey guys, Jeff here. Did you know you can get To Hell With The Hustle audiobook on Audible? And yes, it is read in my voice and you can get it on there. And not only can you get it there, you can actually get it for free right now with a free Audible trial by going to audible.com slash real life or texting real life to 500 500. Now, if you don't know Audible, we love Audible, you guys. They are the best. Now, basically, 
what they are is they're an unmatched library of audiobooks that sync across all devices. I absolutely love using them, love listening via Audible, and they are awesome. So uh, you can not just get my audiobook, but they actually have a bigger, better, most more awesome deal going for you guys right now at audible.com slash real life. And that is you can get your first audiobook for free, which hopefully you'll get mine, plus two Audible originals when you try Audible for 30 days. So again, it's audible.com slash real life or text real life to 500 500. Um, secondly, I, I think for me, not to overestimate, but Willard, after the writers of the New Testament, and of course, Jesus himself, is really the main like influence on my mind, my vision of reality, and really what it means to follow, or as he would say, apprentice under Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And um, so Willard is a brilliant thinker. He's dead now, died a few years ago. But Ortberg told me the story about, I think it was the late 90s, and John at the time was on staff at a well-known, international, you know, well-known megachurch. He was the teaching pastor. He was already a best-selling author at that point. I think he was around my age. But, and I don't remember his exact language, but said something to the effect of, man, I'm just getting sucked into the busyness and speed and Mm -hmm. unhealth and the grind or whatever he would have called it of megachurch life and middle age and American life. And I feel stuck in my growth to Christ-like maturity. And basically asked Willard, who was out in California at the time, like, what do I need to do to fix the problem? And he said that with Willard, uh, he said there was a a long silence on the other end of the line because I think he said, quote, with Willard, there's always a long silence. He's just (laughs) notorious for like really slow and in the moment. And then Willard just said two sentences, both iconic. First, he said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our Mm. day. And then he said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And that's where that title of my book comes from. And John said, as you would imagine, that's amazing. Wow, never thought about it that way or whatever he said, wrote it down. And then he said, okay, what else is there? And he said there was another long silence on the other end of the line. And then Willard said, there is nothing else. You must ruthlessly eliminate Mm -hmm. hurry from your life. And when I first was told that story, and I think John's um, written it down in a book or two now, it really hit a deep place of resonance in my heart. Like I literally could not get out of that out of my mind for days and days and days. And I began to realize, and this was not even on my radar before that, you know, it was not, and I'm quasi-perceptive, but it was not on my radar, began to realize that hurry is kind of the issue under all of the issues in my heart. Yeah and this kind of low-grade anxiety I was living with, the kind of anger that would leak out, the, the lack of life, the lack of presence to God, to other people, the breakdown in my own growth and maturity toward love. Hurry was kind of the issue before all of those other issues. You know, five years ago, when this was a kind of a new idea to me, at the time, um, first off, I'm living in Portland, Oregon, which is one of the most secular post-Christian cities in America, if not in the world. And if you had asked me, like, what's the, you know, the great enemy of spiritual life, or put another way, what's the greatest challenge you face following Jesus? and kind of an, as a pastor in your attempt to help other people follow Jesus in your city, I don't know what I would have said, you know, politics or partisan this or technology or, you know, the redefinition of sexuality, marriage or the breakdown of divorce or attachment theory. Or I, yeah. I don't even know what I would have said. Yeah. Um, but my guess is hurry would not have even made the top 10. But mm. the more I think about it, the more I realize what the heck, that that's right up there at the top. 
you know, five years ago, I was leading a mega church at the time in a city. I have three kids, family life on my phone. I was addicted to my phone. I was addicted mm. to social media, addicted to the internet. And I use that word, I think, in the clinical sense. And I just had stalled out in my growth and maturity toward Christ-likeness, or if you want to put it another way, toward love. I just, I remember like in high school and college and my early 20s, I felt like I was on this quasi-linear kind of upward trajectory toward maturity. Then I just stalled out right around 25 or something as I began to kind of enter, you know, real real life is not the right way to put it, but just kind of adulthood and to adult as the verb as it now is for millennials. Um, I just felt like I stalled out and year over year, I felt like I was becoming more anxious and exhausted and on edge and not present to my body or the moment and not more and more loving and joyful and peaceful. Yeah. And so when this kind of first hit me, Honestly, there was like a aha moments, a cheesy way. It was like this watershed moment. Like I would literally describe it as a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. And I could see one trajectory where I just move forward on the kind of Western American hustle, hurry culture, mega yeah. church culture, go for it. And then another road that to me was kind of a, a one track you know, trail up into the wilderness. I don't even know where exactly it goes, <laughs> but with a very different metric of success. Yeah and a very different way of life. And so five years ago, I basically stepped down from leading this mega church. I did not quit the church. We had a, a location that was in the city and I basically said, hey, would it be cool if I just were to teach at and pastor this one church that was much smaller? We moved within walking distance and I basically went on sabbatical and came back to a whole new way of life. Um, Sabbath, spiritual disciplines, therapy, emotional health, um, way less work hours, digital minimalism, silence and solitude, life in community, presence to the moment, like all of this stuff. But over the last five years, and it's just been life-changing. I feel not like I have it all together at all, but now I feel like I'm back on the way, back on the journey toward mm. healing and freedom and toward love. But man, that hands down, the greatest challenge for the whole thing has been to slow down. Man alive, and with a phone in a city with kids in this cultural in the 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 not the air that we breathe and the fish analogy the yeah. water that we <laughs> the breathe the fish breathe yeah, yeah. I don't know the the, yeah. the water we swim in there we go <laughs> man it's been a thing so that's a little bit of my journey and for me I just I I really don't think that you can tweak your life a little bit to slow down I think you yes. actually have to at some level, ruthlessly eliminate, hurry from your life if you want to become a person of love. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, want to take a quick break to talk about one of these week's sponsors, Stamps.com. You guys know we love them. We've used them for six or seven years, even before they became a sponsor. So it's really, really cool to actually have them as a sponsor because I love Stamps.com. Now, essentially what it is, is for me, it saved a ton of time for me not having to go to the post office when I'm busy, traffic, parking, all the stuff you want to name, lugging all the packages, especially heavy ones. So what they do is Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the US post office right to your computer. So whether you're at the small office sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages, they can help you. Uh, you can basically use your computer to print official US postage 24-7 um, for any letter, any package, any class of mail. It's a no-brainer. It saves you time and money. And it's a, a um, I think over 700,000 small businesses use stamps.com. So it's really cool. So I want to hook you guys up. If you're listening, you can get a special offer. And that's a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale with no long-term commitment. All you got to do is go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in lasts. That's stamps.com and enter lasts, L-A-S-T-S.
I love that. And I was even thinking about both of our book titles, how they both have a pretty strong edge, right? The ruthless elimination of hurry and then to yeah. hell with the hustle. And I don't man, think you that's got, us, you got a cuss word in to a Christian book. You got a cuss word into a Christian book, man. <laughs> I'm so well, jealous. The argument is, and we'll get to this in this season. The argument I made is that 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 is actually I'm I'm saying that literal. Like I'm saying that like if it's not from the spirit it's of double Jesus, entendre. I know I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's only you. from and one other place, okay. but I have no, the double I have entendre no guilt. was a little nice. I have no guilt over your sin. It's all good. I just I'm <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm that's messing right. with you. Um, yes, I, the, I I almost made a parodied version called "To Heck with the Hustle," so that some of the Christian <laughs> distributors, you know, would be fine selling it. Um, uh, but. That's a whole nother conversation. But what, I, but, but what I think is interesting about those titles is those are not us just trying to be provocative. Yeah. I think what we're trying to actually say is this topic necessitates that strong of language because you have to be actively... The, the, the problem is so subversively invisible... Yep. You have to so strongly be resisting it. And so that's what I want this whole season that we do to be about, that when people are listening, wherever you're listening from, whatever state or country you're listening in on, that this first episode on hurry, first of all, take a look and pause and reflect on, man, like, can you chase this one all the way down to the center of your soul, to the under the soil um, problem that's actually causing a myriad of symptoms? Probably, right? Because again, this is the water we swim in. And so reflect on that for a second. But then two, <clears throat> like you said, we can't tweak our way into holiness. I think at some level, because the pressures are so onslaughting us, you have to have that same spirit of resistance back towards it, right? And and I think that's uh, uh, true with all the battle language in scripture, with all the armor language in scripture. And I think some people obviously take some of that stuff overboard, but it's resisting in love, right? So it's being militant, but in love. And so there's an interesting yeah. way about Jesus that we have to be um, ruthlessly doing these things in love for our own life, for our marriages, if we're married, in our dorm rooms, in our jobs, etc., so that then we can actually be accurate representations of the kingdom of God as we become more and more like Jesus every single day, right? And one thing that you said, I want to talk about for a second, use the word addictive. And I thought that was really interesting because I think I agree that, that it's <clears throat> this style or the speed of walking to a lot of us is addictive. Um, and I even had a quote that I was reading the other day from Jeff Bezos's uh, shareholders letter, which I thought was really interesting, um, where he was celebrating kind of uh, the speed or this hurry. And he said um, in his letter, he said, speed matters in business and uh, pretty much absolutely. And then he says, plus a high velocity decision-making environment is more fun too. And I just thought, what a phrase, man, high velocity decision-making environment um, and how speed is based. But basically what he's saying is speed and, and high velocity is paramount to him and to a lot of businesses and to a lot of cultures. I don't think it's paramount to the way of Jesus. And so we have to understand that we are different people with a different ethic, but you use the word addictive. Um, and I think that's, what would you say to this question? I think Hurry is actually problematic to our lives, but it's also addictive, meaning like we like it. We like it. Like he just said, it's more fun too, right? So how do we wrestle with that? How do we wrestle with the fact that like it's actually hurting us, but part of us really likes it? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not a psychologist, so my grasp of addiction is cursory. But from what I understand about addiction, you know, there's the just basic neurobiological dopamine thing. That like yeah. you do this thing, you, whether it's take drugs or drink too much or have sex or check your mm -hmm. phone or post to Instagram or hurry. 
and there's a dopamine release in your body that has this instant kind of feel-good hit. But most experts that I've ever read on the subject say that addiction is way deeper than just some neurobiological like Mm -hmm. draw toward a substance or habit or activity or relationship, that it's normally some form of like an emotional narcotic, so to speak, even if it's not a drug. It's some attempt, in just layman's language, it's an attempt to run from the pain of life. So Mm. most people who have a sex addiction or a substance abuse or drug or alcohol addiction or social media addiction or work addiction or what or money addiction or shopping addiction or whatever it is, most of the time it's an attempt to just like self-medicate some kind of a deeper pain. You know, Orberg has this great line, hurry is not just a sign of a disordered schedule, it's a sign of a disordered heart. And I think that for us to think about, okay, where is this hurry coming from? And at a surface level, it might just feel like, oh, I want to experience more of the world or watch more TV or do more things or run more errands or whatever. But it's likely like a much deeper issue that could be any number of things where we're running from a kind of pain and we're scared to slow down to live life as it actually is with all of its deep goodness and beauty and all of its pain, you know? Hmm. But I, I think what you're saying is right. The reason it's so tricky is because not only are you, you know, back to the fish analogy, you have to swim upstream. You yeah. literally have to 180 degree your value for what life is all about, what the good life yeah. is, what your metrics of success are. You literally begin calling what most people call a virtue of vice. So we'll talk about her, uh, hustle in the next yep. you know, episode. But I love yep. that with hustle, most people use that in a positive light. And, and for yeah. you, it's a pejorative, it's a negative yeah. word. So you literally have to like 180. And that absolute, I used to brag about how many hours I work, how many days off, you know, how many days off I've missed or whatever, how much I did that week or whatever. And I've begun to realize, oh my gosh, like my value system is so off kilter and there's something like up, like not right at a deep level in my heart. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think one thing we've talked about before too is one of the, I think one of the reasons this is actually hurt because I've heard you say before too, this isn't just affect culture, this affects followers of Jesus. And that's why I think it's so detrimental because it's kind of one of those things that's snuck in the back door and, and it's affecting all of us, which then is affecting how we live as followers of Jesus in the kingdom of God. And uh, like me and you have talked about before, I think, you know, it comes down to, to, you have to have a robust view of the kingdom and what the kingdom, the kingdom has a king, the kingdom has a charter, the kingdom has laws. This is true of any kingdom, any country, any, any kind of uh, overarching body of governance. But what's really true also about kingdoms is they have cultures, they have DNA, they have things that kind of tip their hats towards what they're like. And you can kind of kind of judge them in a flash per se, right? Like if someone talks with an Australian accent, you know that they're Australian within three seconds, right? Yes. Um, not based on what they believe, but just based on the hat that's been tipped because of their accent or their culture and stuff of that nature. And there is things about us as followers of Jesus that that's also true. And I think a lot of times we spend too much time, not too much time, I think a lot of times we only focus on the words of Jesus, but we don't ever actually talk about the pace of Jesus or the culture of Jesus or the way of Jesus. And those things go hand in hand. Like, I don't think Jesus even says the words he says without the pace he lives, in my opinion, because he's usually teaching out of his pace, by the way. He's usually going at a speed, going about his life, and then things are happening in front of him that then he teaches out of. He's very responsive in his teaching based on what's happening in front of him because of his pace.
Hey guys, I want to take another break and tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Policy Genius. I know if you're like us and you're a family, and actually anyone should be thinking about this, but I know when I started a family and me and Alyssa started a family, this became really serious to us, and that was shopping for life insurance. It's one of those uh, adulting things you have to do, but it's actually really, really, really important. And if it's intimidating to you, that's where policygenius.com comes in. They're amazing. So basically what they do is they're the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In minutes, you can compare a bunch of different quotes from top insurers to find your best price. And once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and the red tape, and they don't just make it easy, they can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. So they're really, really awesome. And so this October, you can take the intimidation out of buying life insurance with Policy Genius. So go to policygenius.com, get quotes and apply in minutes, and you can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Again, policygenius.com, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. And so I'd love to hear you talk about that of like, what would it look like for us as followers of Jesus to actually understand that one of the things that can make us stand out is actually the cadence we walk at with Jesus. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and, and for me, that's how I come to this. I think emotional health is one half of this conversation. Like the fact that we're living with low grade anxiety and depression yeah. and we're tired all the time and there's that. But then there's the whole spiritual life side of the equation. Like we're literally, you know, um, C.S. Lewis, spiritual director, once said that hurry is the death of prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, because when we're in a rush and we're always on the go, like we, we cut our mind, like hurry has the same effect upon our prayer life, or if you prefer a relationship to the spirit of God as sin does, it cuts off our mind mm -hmm. and body from a living connection to an awareness of the spirit of God, exact same effect, right? Yeah. So I guess I get to it for a few things, I, I, two or three things. I start with the premise that Jesus was not in a hurry. The Jesus that I read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament was a Jesus whose life was full, um, but not overfull, meaning he had a lot to do, but not too much to yeah. do. And that's where we tip over from a, a healthy kind of busyness to a toxic kind of hurry. You know, hurry is when, not when you have a lot to do, it's when you have too much to do and too little time. So you have to speed yeah. up your mind and your body and as a result, your relationships and cut out the moment, the people in front of you to get it all in, right? Mm. So when I read the stories of Jesus, I, I just see a Jewish rabbi who was far more than just a Jewish rabbi who was not in a hurry. Half of the best stories in the gospel are interruptions. And Jesus yes. just strikes me as so present to the moment present to the God the Father that is all around him, heaven and earth overlap in his mind and body, present to the people around him, friend and enemy, present just to like, look at the birds of the air. Yeah. I mean, literally right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, look at the birds, yep. like look around you, you know? So present to the moment. And then I get, and then my second kind of like logical step for me is, all right, I think that a key aspect of Jesus' teaching was um, this idea of an easy yoke, or yeah. other language used by Jesus is life and life to the full, or other language is like restfulness or abiding. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, if we want to glorify Jesus in Christian language, that happens when we are well-rested, happy, at-peace people, and mm. not when we're exhausted and tired. That's when like we're at our worst, whether it's with temptation or people or wisdom, we're all at our worst when we're overtired. And hurry is fine for a little while, and then like the byproduct of that is exhaustion. And then mm. I get the third piece where that takes me to is when I read the teachings of Jesus, 
I see at the center of his vision of the kingdom of God, and I would see this in particular in the Gospel of John, and then especially in Paul's writings as well, this triumvirate of love and joy and peace. Like, for, And these are not just emotions in Jesus' paradigm. They are like the inner disposition. They are the kind of people that we become through yeah. our apprenticeship to him. We become people who are by nature loving, who are full of joy, and who are just calm and in the moment and at peace and you know what Friedman called a non-anxious presence like man yep. does the world need more of that and if you think about it all three of those are incompatible with the life of hurry love all of my worst moments my most unloving moments as a husband father pastor friend or neighbor are all when I'm in a hurry every single one when we're yes. late for the door, kids, get down here right now. Yeah, How many times right, I have to tell yep. you, finish the kitchen right now, like whatever it is. Like all my worst moments are when I'm in a rush. Joy, like all of the experts on happiness from inside and outside the Jesus tradition agree, if there's a secret to like the happy life, it's just present to the moment. Yeah, Even if exactly. the moment's not a great moment, just how yeah. much can I be in my body in this moment right now? And peace, like none of us need a lecture on that. Like when was the last time we were late for a flight and just felt the deep shalom <laughs> of God in yep. our body, you know? Yep. And so I just think that following Jesus into the kingdom is incompatible with hurry. I mean, another mm. Ortberg line, as long as we're just channeling Ortberg and I feel like he should get royalties off of this, except there's <laughs> no money to be made here. But if there was, um, but he has this great line, I cannot live in the kingdom of God with a hurried soul. Mm. Not I should not, not I really feel bad about it. I cannot. Yeah. And I just think that's so true. I can't live at the pace of America or whatever, the, you know, the Western totally. whatever, or just the 21st century world and live under the rule of love and joy and peace. Mm. Amen. Amen. I think, guys, and one thought I had while you're talking, and we can end with this as we go into this whole season, which I'm so excited about for you guys to listen to week by week. Um, but starting here, you have to start with the problem, right? And so we don't want it to feel heavy, but we want it to actually feel specific and focused that you have to, we want to spend the first couple of weeks looking at the problem, right? Hurry and hustle and what does actually God call of us? And then we can look at week by week, um, what are some really beautiful ways we can resist that that is in the way of Jesus? Um, but ending with this thought, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, a lot of us use the language of walking with Jesus, right? As like, that's the metaphor for kind of our relationship with him. And then right. a lot of times when we are out of relationship with him, we use the metaphor of walking away from Jesus. Those are the two, right? Walking with Jesus, walking away from Jesus, or, oh, they've walked away from the Lord. It's kind of sometimes a phrase we'll say. Um, but one thought, I don't, one thing I never hear someone say is, oh, they're walking in front of Jesus, right? And I think that's actually a really interesting way to put a lot of our spiritual lives that like, you you know, you've had that friend, right? Where you're at the, 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 the some place right? You're on a walk, you're at the park, you're at the mall, wherever it is, and they're walking ahead of you. And it's kind of this disgruntled, hurried state of just, they're busy, they're trying to get somewhere, they're not in the actual essence of the intimacy and the relationship. And I just think that's a question we'll leave with you guys today is, man, are you actually not walking away from the Lord, but are you walking ahead of the Lord? Um, because that is not how we then live and become like Him and do what He does and be in relationship with Him and know who He is and know who He has us to be, because you have to be next to Him in relationship with Him and walking with Him. And let's not use the euphemism walking with Him when instead we're actually walking ahead of Him. And so that's something I want you guys to reflect on today as we go into the week, take a moment, take some time wherever you're at and think about this problem of hurry. Um, and we're really excited that hopefully as you listen in with us, we can all journey on this together. And next week we'll be back talking about hustle. So we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Yeah, much love.